The promise of America is being squandered. How are we going to restore our nation back to a sensible, citizen-centric government? Welcome to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. Joyce is a businesswoman, not a politician. And she's here to offer pragmatic, possible, and post-partisan solutions for the 21st century. Now, here's your host for Reimagine America, Joyce Cordy. Welcome to the Reimagine America Radio Hour. I'm a businesswoman, not a politician. I fix problems. I don't make them. And even more importantly, I try to avoid them in the first place. It's in that spirit we should all temper our celebration of the FDA emergency use approval of the Pfizer vaccine against COVID-19 last Friday. It's not an end. It's just the first step in the process of recovery. Just a teeny tiny baby step. Now we've got to distribute the first doses of that vaccine into the arms of Americans on the front lines of the battle against this disease. And yes, it's a mission the U.S. Army is best suited to accomplish. And as we saw just a couple of days ago, the first doses administered early, early Monday morning in New York City and then across the country, the Moderna vaccine developed between Moderna and the NIH, National Institutes of Health, well, that vaccine is waiting in the wings. The Independent Scientific Advisory Committee to the FDA met today to review the Moderna data and voted to recommend the emergency use authorization by the FDA with one one member of the panel uh, abstaining. That means the Moderna vaccine should be shipped, and I'm saying should, be shipped out to hospitals and similar facilities all across the country before Christmas. A vaccine from concept to injection in the uh, arm of regular patients beyond the trials in just 10 months? Well, you know what? That deserves a cheer. That's a testimony to American ingenuity and to our ability to rise to the occasion. But as we're absorbing the good news, we're hearing less about the bad news. And that light, nope, that is not the end of the tunnel. It is still, unfortunately, the speeding locomotive. The shortage in vaccine is not just the initial ramp up of both manufacturing and logistics. It is the classic failure of all planning processes that do not ask the question, what if? Planners assumed they'd have six vaccines available to use by the end of the year. We'd be swimming in vaccine. We'd be the global heroes exporting vaccine to the world. And so these planners forgot to ask the most important question of all. What if all the six vaccine candidates under consideration do not bear fruit? And you know what? They haven't. Johnson & Johnson ran into production problems and delayed the beginning of their clinical trials. 
AstraZeneca's trial dosage was so confused and confusing that their data requires further study and further human validation before U.S. trials can even begin. Sanafi plans to begin U.S. trials sometime early next year after experiencing production problems. And let's remember they're a French company. Novavax has failed to manufacture enough vaccine to even begin to schedule its U.S. trials. What if we had planned for this, for the possibility? You know, I would rather be embarrassed by somebody doing better than I expect than failing to consider what if. What if three-fourths of what I was expecting doesn't show up? Vaccines are notoriously difficult to manufacture at scale. But nobody in Operation Warp Speed seems to have asked, what if, what if any one of these hoped for vaccines cannot deliver at scale? What will we do then? Well, Pfizer originally promised an initial 100 million doses of their vaccine by uh, two weeks from now. Uh, but they had to scale that back to just 50 million after experiencing production problems. And just today, they issued a press release informing the public that Trump's Operation Warp Speed is not providing shipping instructions for the product they have manufactured and frozen and as it rolled off the assembly line. So they don't know where to send this week's production. While the administration argues the need to hold back half of that production for second doses, Pfizer disagrees. They said they can keep producing if all of the current vaccine is administered as it arrives. Begging the question, what does the Trump administration plan to do with the accumulating inventory? Is this a repeat of Jared's misguided, politically motivated redistribution of available PPE in March and April when he announced that it wasn't the state's PPE, it was his, it was the government's, it was the federal government's PPE, and the state should go do their own thing. You remember that? So if we are seeing inventory accumulating and rumors about whether we're going to inoculate all or some of Congress, et cetera, you better start wondering if these delays in shipping instructions are based on who is responsible for the barcode tracking of the temperature of the shipment at every point in the shipping process, or is this an effort to accumulate some inventory for political purposes? God help us if it's the latter. Let's assume that Moderna gets its emergency use approval before Christmas. They've promised 50 million doses early in 2021 and hope to be able to double that production by the end of Q2. So sometime around July, we might get another 50 million doses. So that's a total of 100 million doses, which is enough to vaccinate 50 million people in the United States. That's about one-sixth of the U.S. population at best. 
and that could happen by March. But what comes next, you ask? Well, let's say we get another 50 million doses from Pfizer. You know, that's enough to vaccine about, to vaccinate, to vaccine, to vaccinate about 25 million more out of a population that the new census estimates to be roughly 332 million Americans. So if we get that 50 million doses from Pfizer, you know, some point early next year, well, we'd have enough vaccine to maybe vaccinate a quarter of the population. Well, 25% of the population is not enough vaccination to stop the deadly spread of COVID-19. You need at least 70% penetration. It turns out that months ago, Pfizer offered the Trump administration an option to purchase another 100 million doses for delivery in the first few months of 2021. But the Trump administration, assuming if the road to if the road to heaven were paved with assumptions, they assumed they'd have six vaccines and pricing leverage, and they could, you know, um, pit one company against another, you know, blah blah blah. So they said no to Pfizer's offer, and Pfizer, having this huge investment, remember Pfizer got no government money; they have they were not involved. Um, in Operation Warp Speed, they developed the product entirely on their own resources. So they've got inventory and they need to make back their expenses. So what did they do when the U.S. said no, repeatedly said no, nope, 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 we wouldn't option another 100 million doses. Well, Pfizer sold that inventory to Europe. And despite Trump's executive order last week forbidding U.S. pharma to ship vaccine out of the United States without permission of the government, the EU has announced that they will plan to hold Pfizer to their agreement. And Pfizer does half of its manufacturing in Belgium. So the EU can easily hold Pfizer to that agreement. So that would make it unlikely that the United States would receive more doses of the Pfizer vaccine until the second half of 2021, probably closer to the fall of 2021. And you know what? Moderna at 50 million doses is already operating at the scale of their productive capacity. So you net it all out, net, 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 net. And the Biden administration will come to office with their COVID-19 vaccine rollout plan and economic recovery plan about 450 million doses short of the vaccination campaign goals. A transition official warned on MSNBC on Thursday that it is likely that the general public, quote unquote, little air quotes around general public, will not be able to get a vaccination until the late summer or early fall of 2021. That's almost 10 months from now, but all is not lost. You know what? Pfizer needs help. They need help from the US government now because 
they're having trouble obtaining the raw materials they need to manufacture the vaccine. It's something that the U.S. military, with their procurement and logistics capabilities, can help solve. Yeah, that's a problem we know how to do. Um, they can also help uh, U.S. downstream manufacturers in that supply chain process. And then there is Merck Pharmaceuticals. Haven't heard much about this at you know today, but Pfizer has suggested that they could cooperate with Merck. Merck has extensive experience in vaccine production. If Merck can be persuaded, they would be able to step up and fill some of the gap to get more vaccination vaccine into the marketplace faster to get more of us vaccinated on the original timetable of March or April. So given an adequate supply of raw materials, see above, and vials, vials are in incredibly important and, and apparently quite difficult to manufacture. Um, the question becomes, what else could the U.S. government do to help Moderna scale up their productive capacity as well? Just making the assumption that we know what we know and we don't know what will happen with this of these other six vaccine candidates. I'm not particularly uh, encouraged by the AstraZeneca effort. Um, then, so that would be one that I would put pretty low on the totem pole. So except for Johnson and Johnson, I don't see any more vaccine approvals coming into um, even emergency authorization use until sometime in Q2 of next year. So that makes answering all of the questions I've just laid out really in, in, in answering them in January of 2021, it makes it really important that we answer all of those questions with an emphatic yes in, 20, in, in January 2021. So if the Biden administration uses the Defense Production Act as it was intended to be used as an aid, not a cudgel, then they would be able to provide funding for capital equipment acquisition to more rapidly expand the productive capacity at each pharmaceutical company with an approved vaccine and our friends at Merck. They could work with private industry to protect and expand the supply chain of raw materials and supplies, something that we've talked about often on this podcast, the need to protect and nurture a domestic pharma supply chain uh, to free us from dependence on um, foreign manufacturers as a matter of national security. So we've talked about that. So using the Defense Production Act in this capacity to get over the hump on COVID vaccine is a part of fulfilling that national security need to protect those supply chains domestically. And it also would provide assurance to the pharmaceutical companies that the US government will buy all the vaccine they make for at least the first couple years of that vaccine's life. And it appears 
that the vaccine may in fact be something like um, the flu shot where you have to get a booster um, every year, every two years. We don't know yet because we haven't had enough experience. And by the way, if you were to guarantee several years of, of production, of buying out all their production, um, we're going to need that timeline to get the vaccine into arms around the world. Once we get through with the rich developed countries, we still have a lot of people who need to be vaccinated. If we wanna have a normal global travel pattern, et cetera, if you wanna go to Africa on safari, for example. So if we wanna resume our natural, forget, you know, forget going on safari, if you wanna resume a natural normal life next year, if we want to save 100,000 or more small businesses, which are the backbone of the U.S. economy, well, you know what? In light of the news today, every one of us needs to do four things to help turn the tide of the COVID-19 scourge. Now taking 3,000 American lives every day. In other words, a a 9-11, a more than 9-11 every single day this week. It's so bad, folks, the scourge of COVID-19, the urgency to get this vaccine up to scale and into arms. It's so urgent that it's assumed that Pearl Harbor will fall off the top 10 mass emergency um, American casualty events this week. Yes, as of the end of this week, Pearl Harbor will not no longer be one of the top 10 mass casualty events in U.S. history. With that in mind, wear your mask, social distance, stay in your bubble for the holidays, and fourth, use the phone, use email, use Twitter, whatever method appeals to you, but make sure your congressional representatives, both in the House and the Senate, understand your demand that they act swiftly to provide the Biden administration the funding needed to implement the Defense Production Act to get 500 million doses of vaccine out the door by the end of the second quarter of next year out the door of the factory and into the arms of Americans. This is not a political issue. It is not a we versus they issue. It is a societal demand. It is a societal requirement. It is the moment at which we must answer the question are we our brother's keeper or is that just Sunday sermon malarkey? We are facing both a public health issue and an economic crisis. I don't wanna have to wait another year, a dinner out, maybe a little vacation. Do you wanna wait another year? Do you wanna wait another year to hug your children and your grandchildren? Because I know I don't. 
and it's up to our government to make sure that we don't have to spend another year locked up in fear. Thanks for listening to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. You can learn more at reimagineamerica.org. Got a comment or an idea for a future show? Email Joyce at reimagineamerica.org or find her on Twitter at Joyce Cordy or at Reimagine Radio. Take a minute now and go to reimagineamerica.org. Join the forum. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you love the podcast, donate and tell others. You can invite Joyce to speak at your next meeting or conference through reimagineamerica.org. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at ricochet.com or c-sweetnetwork.com. That's c-sweetnetwork.com. Together, we really can reimagine America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.